Hello, and welcome back to CDCR Unlocked. This is the podcast of the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Today's episode comes to us from the Division of Rehabilitative Programs, and it is an interview with one of the coolest people in CDCR, Dr. Lynn Ruvalcaba. She is with the Office of Correctional Education, and today she's talking about a really cool initiative at CDCR where we are providing secure laptops to students in our education programs. They're being rolled out to students in our college programs right now, but there are definitely plans to expand. And it's just really exciting, not only in terms of increasing access to students' educational materials, but also helping them learn tools and technology that they'll be using when they return to their communities. It's a really important initiative, and I'm really excited for you to hear about it. My name is Dr. Lynn Ruvalcaba, and I am the Administrator of Educational Technology for the Office of Correctional Education, which means I am responsible for educational technology at all of our institutions. That entails uh, working collaboratively with EIS, Enterprise Information Systems, to identify the types of hardware and software that we need to provide our students with uh, life skills, uh, literacy, uh, job skills, and any other type of information and uh, education they may need to be successful when they leave us. Under education, some of the programs that we currently use uh, on the academic side include uh, Cyber High, which is an online facilitated high school course. We use uh, GED preparation software. We use Canvas learning management system for our college and some of our other programs. Uh, Aztec, Spark 3000, Achieve 3000, uh, those are all preparation and augmentation softwares that are used with different uh, adult basic education courses. And then on the career and technical education side, we use a variety of software uh, that supports learning in a variety of vocations for welding, electronics, uh, electrical works, uh, computer-related technologies, and others. The Laptop Initiative is an effort to provide our students a one-to-one access to a laptop that will be able to be taken out of education space back to their housing units and other places in the institution where they can extend their learning beyond the walls of the classroom. The intention is to use facilitated instruction that is then uh, taken back to their housing units with access to PDFs and videos and other types of documents that allow them to review what they've learned, continue their learning, and continue engaging with their peers so that they can have a truly extensive and holistic education experience. Currently, that is focused on our college, our face-to-face college students. That is the first priority in the laptop initiative. Uh, Over the course of the next few years, it will extend down to most of our programs, including transitions and e-learning. So we have uh, community college partners and seven bachelor's degree programs at all of our institutions. So face-to-face college is one of those things that our students benefit from much more than they do a correspondence situation. So outside college professors come on site, they conduct traditional college classes with all of our students, and our students earn credits toward associates and bachelor's degrees. We partner with uh, UC Irvine, CSU Fresno, Sac State, Chafee College, Pitzer College, and a host of community colleges to provide those opportunities. 
In the past, the learning has been limited to the time that the professors are on site and then anything they can give them in paper form to take back to their housing units. We know that's insufficient. Uh, students in uh, the community are learning via extended means, so they have access to digital copies of things, research databases, continued education that allows them to truly become the academic individual that they need to be to earn a degree. So currently the laptops are structured in a way that allows the outside college professor to put information into Canvas, which is a learning management system. And then our students are able to download information, such as PDFs and research. Uh, they can watch videos if they're in a wireless covered area. They can listen to audio lectures. Um, and they can take that information with them back to their housing units so they may continue working on the laptops, continue learning, and also create their own assignments, whether that's a Word document or a PowerPoint presentation or an Excel file, whatever the professor needs them to submit as part of their assignment. Uh, they're able to do that, and then when they come back into a wireless covered area to upload that electronically to their professor. Also what they're able to do, which is uh, revolutionary for what we consider to be uh, incarcerated situations, is they can engage in discussions with one another, only with students who are in their cohort, but they can engage in online discussions that are transparent to professors, um, CDCR staff, and students themselves, where they may answer one another and engage in academic discourse that expands their knowledge and allows them to appreciate other perspectives. That's something that happens with regularity in a traditional college setting, and we've been pleased to hear back from our college partners that those discussions, as well as the submissions, the course submissions for assignments, are now elevated to the point that they are indistinguishable from discussions and course assignments submitted by students that are on traditional college campuses. So traditional paper correspondence, when we're speaking of college courses that are offered inside our institutions, has been offered via packets. So the teachers would come onto site, they would conduct their hour or two hour course, and they would leave the students with packets, whether that's a printed PDF or some other information that was relevant to the lesson that was taught. The students would then take that paper back with them to their home. In their housing units, they would review it and they would complete their assignments using, most of the time, a golf pencil, which is you know two or three inches, and binder paper, which uh, when you're in traditional learning environments is rarely used anymore. And then they would bring that information back to their post-secondary facilitator in the institution who would package that up, send that off to the professor, and allow the professor to grade, bring it back on when they came the next time. And so there would be a, a significant delay between when the actual instruction happened and when the feedback came for those papers or those assignments. When COVID hit, it became a little more complex than that because now the professor was not on site and all of that paper moved through the post-secondary uh, facilitator employed by CDCR, which meant there was no exposure for our students to their college professors. Now that we've moved to the laptops, the intention is should we ever end up in a situation where we are completely uh, cut off from our college professors being able to come on site, they may facilitate instruction still using the Canvas learning management system, provide feedback to their students, provide assignments to their students, and have a much uh, faster exchange of information. Uh, they can see a discussion board instantaneously. They can provide feedback just by reviewing that, that discussion board and really, truly continue learning even when they're prevented from being on site. 
So this change was definitely being discussed and it was in the works before COVID. So uh, Dr. Choate, who is the director for DRP, had a vision that our students would be able to access technology in a way that is very similar to their non-incarcerated peers. So years ago, he put this idea out there kind of in the ether that said, what if we were able to do this? Now, understanding that there's not another correctional system in the country, uh, probably in the world, doing the same thing, it was at the time sort of an idea that didn't have shape and then over the course of a few years he and EIS really started giving it shape and as our systems improved and our security improved it became a reality rather than just an idea and over the course of the past 12 to 18 months we've really taken it from concept to application hitting some roadblocks but being able to work with those in a way that allowed us to continue providing the technology to our students even enhancing it past what we had originally believed possible and now looking forward to the future and seeing that there are many things that we can do because truly we've seen our students step up in terms of their responsibility and their respect for the technology. Some of the uh, roadblocks that we've come up against with adoption of the program first began with the fact that we are not a system that was designed to support wireless connectivity throughout our institutions. Once we overcame that obstacle, then the obstacle became the fact that our teachers have not had technology, many of whom have been in our system for a very long time, and they just haven't had the exposure and the opportunity to become familiar with things like learning management systems. So we did extensive training with our faculty to make certain that they understood what they were going to be working with, and that will continue. We started with our administrators and our college teachers, and over the course of the tiers, as we extend to the other programs, we will train those teachers as well. Once we overcame that, then we had an entire uh, population of students who had never had their own device, some of whom have never had their own device in their community. So the, using a laptop for them was a struggle and continued to be a struggle. So we looked at that. How do we support our students that have never used a device? How do we make it a tool for them rather than a hindrance to their learning? And what we found was our formal training extends their learning, but they're truly helping one another. And our first deployment at one of our institutions, we had some students who created job aids that we then put into a training course that I conduct with all students that help them understand, rather than using information technology specific language, using new user language, how to use the device. And it's been a tremendous help and it's we've seen peer-to-peer assistance just skyrocket and we've seen the fact that they'll sit in a classroom and ask intelligent questions of me because the language is something with which they're familiar. So the actual physical device is a Dell laptop computer. It's gray. It has a relatively durable case, something akin to what you would have seen uh, for like a K-12 environment when students were doing distance learning, they were given some computers. Uh, 11.6 inches is not a very big screen, so if you think of it as about the same size as a piece of binder paper. Uh, The case on it is made to be semi-durable, but again, if it's dropped or it's, you know, damaged in some way, it is possible to break it. It has a large orange sticker on the front of the device, which indicates that it's a student device that's already provisioned and approved for taking back to their housing units, as opposed to other devices which have different indicators that say they must stay in education. The device does not have any external connectivity, save an HDMI port, which allows it to be connected to a monitor 
or a smart board so that the student who has visual impairment, for example, can connect it to a larger monitor or a teacher can ask for it to be connected to a display if they need to do a presentation. It does not have any capability for USB ports to be used, including for an external mouse. So it comes with a trackpad and the students have to use the trackpad and that is a learning curve. Most of our students have never used a, a trackpad at all, uh, so they have to learn that as well. Um, other than that, it's a, a couple pounds. It's a fairly small device. It's easy to be transported back and forth. Uh, and it is an image into the same desktop image that's on the computers that are in the educational space. Currently, it is available at every institution. I'm in the process of completing the student training for the last few institutions, but computers have been delivered to all institutions. If their college partners are participating with Canvas, they have actually started deploying them to the students themselves. And there are only two or three institutions where their college partners have not yet chosen to use Canvas, but are in the process of doing so. So at the vast majority of our institutions, the computers are already in the hands of the students. So the requirements for them to be issued a laptop are that they are part of our face-to-face -face college programs, which is either community college pursuing an AA or a bachelor's degree program, and we have seven of those at different institutions. Once they're enrolled, so they matriculate, they get enrolled in the program, they are approved for the courses that they want to take, their college partners have worked with our our group to construct their Canvas courses and put those into our instance of Canvas, and then the student waits to be trained. Once they've been trained to use the laptop by myself or by their local faculty, their college teachers at the site, they attest to the fact that they've been trained, that they understand the security requirements of the device, the use requirements, and the consequences of misusing the device. They attest to that. They are issued a computer, and then once the college term starts, they're able to log on, access their courses, and participate with their teachers and their fellow students through the device or in class. I probably should mention that we deployed approximately 2,200 of the computers for the semester that ended in June, and we are deploying another 6,000 for the semesters that are starting next Monday on the 15th and through the spring. So we anticipate having a between eight and 9,000 computers deployed to sites for this fiscal, by the end of this fiscal year, which would be the end of June for this college semester, this college year. So I think some of the benefits to our students and society at large extend beyond college. Of course, we have to consider the entire deployment and what happens when we have all of our programs covered in that we have to view technology as more of a life skill these days than a simple tool. It's a life skill. When our students leave us, they are going to go into society, apply for jobs using the computer, go to work and use a computer, research, look at timetables for public transportation, you name it, they're going to be using a device. And if we do not provide them with the life skill to be adept with those devices, we're sending them back positioned to fail. So this device is not only a way for them to access education and academic content or job-specific content, but truly life skills. And one example I'll give is the learning management system contains a calendar, which to people who are uh, using devices every day, it's not a large deal for them to have an electronic calendar. For our students, one of the reasons they're with us is because they lack some of the time management skills, they're impulsive. Many of the reasons they're with us come stem from the fact that they never had those life skills. When I introduce them to the calendar through the training, 
That is one thing that they have proven they'll use consistently in this first term. They're starting to manage their time. They'll put things on their electronic calendars. They'll put study time on their electronic calendars. They'll put reminders on their electronic calendars. They're beginning to be forward thinking rather than reactive. So when we have an opportunity to allow them back into their lives, they're going to take that job skill with them and that life skill with them. So while it does start with college, and of course degrees are something that you know people aspire to and they aid in obtaining employment, we're really starting at that fundamental level of giving them life skills. Our teachers are benefiting because not only do they now have students who are more engaged and able to manage their time, but they're able to provide a way for their students to see instruction in two or three different ways. So if I have a methodology in a classroom where I teach, uh, let's talk about math, for example, with one specific approach, and that's not reaching all of my students, and we know math is a, a huge barrier to our students who are obtaining GEDs, which will then prevent them from going on to college or career technical education. Math is a stumbling block. People have a difficult time with it, and often it's because we don't have the opportunity to see math presented in a way that makes sense to our learning modality. Using Canvas, using other online learning management systems and tools, our teachers can say, I taught it this way, but have a look at it another way. Maybe this works for you. Suddenly, our teachers have more tools in their toolkit, and our students are able to learn in ways that connect, and now they make the next leap, and suddenly they're able to pass the GED, when before maybe they were stuck. So we really truly see this as a benefit to all of the parties, because it's not just a device, it's not just a computer, it's really a window into possibilities for our students. That was fantastic. Isn't she so cool? I told you. I know Dr. Ruvalkaba, and she is genuinely so passionate about education and rehabilitation and changing lives. Um, she and her team worked really hard, both at the Office of Correctional Education and EIS, Enterprise Information Services, to get the laptop initiative up and running, and I can't wait to see it expand. That's it for today's episode of CDCR Unlocked, the podcast of the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Thank you for listening, and you can learn more about this department at cdcr.ca.gov.